Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to another King and Seven podcast. This is now show number 31. There you go, listeners. I've got it straight off the bat. Um, I mentioned last show that uh, I had a tendency to uh, draw a blank when it came to the show number, but there we have it. So show number 31. And uh, tonight, actually, um, I have a guest once more in studio. Um, I think the last five or six shows, if you go to the homepage there, kingandseven.com, have been uh, just me and the mic um, kind of ranting for about 30 minutes plus, um, which I've enjoyed, you know, enjoyed very much. Um, but I felt it was time again for uh, a reappearance of a special guest. And uh, for those who have listened to the show for any length of time will know who I'm about to introduce. But uh, I'm very pleased once more to introduce my favourite person in ministry alive on the planet today. You know, maybe there might be somebody in ministry who I respect uh, and have <laughs> affections for who are now uh, no longer in the land of the living. But speaking of, <laughs> what a long drawn out uh, introduction. Yeah. It's your dad. It's, yes, my dad. My dad is here. Hello, everybody. <laughs> yes. It's Once great. again. Yes. Thank you, dad. <laughs> and I always, um, I, I remember um, when I uh, came to visit when I was living up in California and you had me preach when ICI was just meeting in the uh, in the house there. And uh, I remember preaching, and at the end of the service, I kind of uh, handed it back to you to do the communion, I believe. Yes. And uh, I remember saying, at this time, I'm going to hand it back to Pastor Steve. Yeah. And I remember my brother, <laughs> David, and my sister, Rachel, just kind of like shaking their heads and laughing. Like, who's Pastor Steve? <laughs> we call him Dad. I don't know what happened to you, Jonathan, but we call him Dad. <laughs> So it's it's it's. I'm going to kind of go on that type of uh, relationship uh, presupposition tonight. Okay, I'm going to be talking to my dad, uh, but he is a minister in his own right, <laughs> and I'm very happy once again that he's here, and I've learned an awful lot uh, through him over the years, and particularly in the in the topic that we have for you tonight, um, and that is the subject of mercy ministry. I think uh, next to your Word ministry, Dad, I think this has characterized uh, your ministry life. And, and actually, take it a step further. Not just your ministry life, it has characterized your individual life. This is very much part of the DNA of who you are as a Christian man. And it's left um, a deep and lasting impact on me. Uh, so, so yeah, um, let's, let's take it from there. Explain a little bit, if you could, about ICI as a ministry and uh, the mercy arm of the ministry. That, uh... Yeah, but very glad to. I think, um, first of all, you have to go to the roots of something to understand it. I think, um, actually, going back to my earliest childhood, when I was five, six, seven, uh, I remember my grandfather and my nana and my own parents, they all wanted me to be a doctor. And um, they all thought that that was what I was going to be. I must. They must have seen something in that side of things where... You know, I never knew that. Did you not know that? No. No, no well, that's... That's an exclusive, people. <laughs> they, want, they wanted me to be a doctor and they mm. thought I should be a doctor. However, where I grew up in, uh, this, the, the location was very much on heavy and light engineering. So um, I became an engineer. Mm. And so that was a kind of... Uh, I suppose, you know, they were pleased that I... I was doing well in engineering, but I wasn't a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> but um, for me, uh, the gospel, the ministry of the word has always been priority. 
So I never lamented over that. However, uh, as I was given opportunity to, to preach the gospel, I was also given opportunity to, to do mercy ministry, in particular medical. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how these things work out. Um, mm-hmm. I never thought about it uh, during my teenage years and my early years, but uh, in my mid-30s, I, I received opportunities to do medical ministry in Romania. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did one, and I never forgot it. And I saw how how much of a blessing it was to the gospel, how useful it was to the gospel, that um, I thought I need to pursue this. And so I've been happily doing medical missions ever since. Hmm. And ICI, really, the ministry that we do now was born in that, was born in Brazil out of mercy missions. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, the ministry in Romania really was, I guess, the foundation um, doing the ministry in Romania, creating the ministry of Operation Joseph, which was humanitarian with the gospel. Um, that really left its mark upon me where I never wanted to just preach the gospel. I understood that there were handmaidens to the gospel, so to speak. I use some King James here, okay? No, that, that's, that's <laughs> quite all right. We're both English. Here. Right, okay. Now US citizens, but you yes, know. Yes, right. Well, I, I think... I think at least there are at least two handmaidens to the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is mercy, and the other one is music. Mm-hmm. And I think historically, we can clearly see that uh, where God has moved in gospel power, very often music, worship, praise, whatever the generation has mm-hmm. usually been um, accompanying that, mm-hmm. and it's been a great vehicle of the message mm-hmm. of Christ, and obviously the mercy ministry which speaks for itself, the remembering of the poor and uh, the assisting of the poor. Yes, I think that is um, not just um, like a contextualized way of being culturally relevant, uh, but I think it finds its um, its genesis in Genesis, you know, mm-hmm. as early as Abraham. And um, I know this is not a canonical work, but it speaks of how Abraham had a garden and yes. how he would be hospitable to those who were strangers and that there was uh, four entrances to the garden from yes. um, each uh, each side, you know, yeah. northeast and west. And then going into the um, the uh, the book of Exodus and Leviticus and Deuteronomy, where we have the Mosaic law, uh, there's, uh, you know, a multitude of scriptures in there and commandments, not just, not just yes. narratives, but scriptures, instructions and imperatives about remembering the poor. Yeah. And we were looking at a couple of those before we began. We looked at Deuteronomy 10. And in Deuteronomy 10, it talks, um, in fact, I'll read from verse uh, 16 of Deuteronomy 10, but it talks about remembering the widow and the orphan. Um, but it's interesting, the context, because it says, reading from verse 16, Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart, which I believe is a reference to regeneration, and be no longer stubborn. For the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who is not partial and takes no bribe. He executes justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the sojourner, giving him food and clothing. Love the sojourner, therefore, for you are sojourners in the land of Egypt. Yeah. So there you have it. This is not just a suggestion, that. That is a very explicit imperative. Yes. To not only to be remindful or to be observant 
of the sojourner and the widow and the orphan, but actually to meet their needs where they're at. Yes. And I think it also belongs to the realm of conscience anywhere. Uh, the light we, of see it, we see it we see it gladly even in today's sick world when tragedies do happen that the conscience of people uh, is awakened. Um but we also have scripture to testify to that when you look at Job's life, a man whom God, you know, was very proud of. Um Job himself would testify uh, on an occasion that he was a father to the poor, that uh, he would he would set himself aside on purpose to even get justice for those who were like in the jaws uh, of a case which they couldn't get out of, and he would clothe them and he would feed them, and uh, he said, you know, he put on righteousness like a like a, like a turban and as a cloak, so the righteousness which has that external. Um, aspect is indeed from the conscience and from the heart. Yes, and that's why I found uh, that passage there in Deuteronomy so illuminating because there's an immediate relationship between the condition of the heart and mercy ministry yes. being uh, performed and fulfilled according to God's precepts. So a healthy, uh, soft heart should have these fruits. Yes. In fact, it should be a low-hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. It should be one of the first signs of regeneration that there's a greater preoccupation with the well-being of the poor. Yes, yes, and and the scriptures continue in this in this very theme. You get to the wisdom literature, mm-hmm. as you alluded to there with Job, but the Proverbs yes. is full of this yes, as well. Full. And remember the poor, and mm. he uh, who gives to the poor lends to the Lord. Yes, his righteousness is shed abroad, which is then quoted in Second uh, Corinthians nine. Yes, believe ultimately having its fulfilment in Christ, but nevertheless on a secondary level, yes. having uh, its um, its expression in those good works that were saved unto. Yes, uh, both Old Testament and New Testament alike. This is not a dispensational thing. No, not what, at all. you only have one epoch, epoch rather of redemptive history, where you have this uh, instruction, what we see from. The, the opening books of the Bible uh, to the, uh, the the final pastoral epistles. Yes, and Timothy. Perfect, and perfectly exemplified in Jesus, yes. who uh, most of his miracles were born out of compassion. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of the scriptures il- illuminate his heart before they illuminated his hands and he what had, he did. Yes, he had compassion on the multitudes, yes. the scripture says in the gospel, Yes, in, in many of the gospel narratives. And the miracles were born out of that compassion. So there was a river of compassion and the love of God running through his heart, being shed abroad, which just automatically brought the Spirit's work in miraculous power. But at the same time, Jesus also remembered the poor and uh, money was regularly given from his ministry to the poor. So uh, even the Lord, with having the Spirit without measure upon him, still also did the practical things as well. Yes. So as you can see from Genesis to Revelation there, uh, finding its, um, its uh, I guess, its epicenter or the citadel of, of this testimony uh, of looking for the looking out for the well-being of the poor in the person and work of Jesus Christ, we see, don't we, that um, this really does reflect uh, the heart of God. Yes. And it really is rooted in uh, triune theology. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is when you look at those passages that speak of the Trinitarian relationship that exists within the Godhead, it's the Father loving on the Son, the Son 
loving on the Father and the Spirit proceeding from both the Father and the Son mm-hmm. in self-giving, in loving one another. And that's why I believe even before creation, uh, there was certainly no poverty, of course, because poverty is the result of the fall. Yes. But there was this outpouring of the Father loving the Son, the Son loving the Father and the Spirit proceeding from both the Father and the Son in triune love. So when we perform or work in mercy ministry for the sake of the gospel, we are reflecting redemptively that eternal relationship that exists between the Godhead. Uh, So if we are neglecting this, we are actually neglecting an eternal characteristic, an an eternal relationship that has always existed within the triune God. Yes, I think these impulses uh, are there by God in even fallen man now, the impulses of the conscience to to feel pain when people feel pain. Mm-hmm. But even more so now for those regenerated in Christ, how the Holy Ghost is shed abroad in our hearts that in some ways we should uh, be more easy to tear up, actually. You know, some people think that uh, the more spiritual you are, the less emotional. But really, the, the truth of the matter is is that the more spiritual you are, the more in touch with your feelings you get. You just have to have a maturity about it whereby you can still govern and rein in those feelings uh, for the greater good and for the gospel's sake. But it's not that you don't feel anything anymore. Your feelings should be expanded. And deepened. And deepened. And the scriptures also talk about um, kind of balancing this out, um, harnessing this, if you will, with wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know, it says, in, in righteousness you shall judge the poor. Yes. And I know there are occasions on the mission field where you've had to do that very thing. Yes, that scripture actually I had to learn very quickly mm-hmm. because uh, going on the mission field, uh, especially in mercy ministry, there always seems to be legitimate, legitimate needs. And um, you can be fleeced quite easily, especially if you're a loving person because love believeth all things. You want to believe the best, so therefore you have that disposition to believe what you're seeing is true. And uh, yes, uh, I remember a few occasions uh, in uh, Moscow Airport where one woman was going around. She looked, she looked desperately poor, she, and the only words in English I think I heard come from her mouth was "one American dollar, only one American dollar, please, one American dollar." And obviously, people were having compassion on her and giving her one American dollar. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I watched her for a while and. I saw that uh, she had quite a few one, one American, American dollars, dollars. Yes. like a wad of them. Like a w- <laughs> And uh, I remember a little boy actually in Romania and um, he would come up to us begging us for coins and, and for money and his hand was all kind of twisted and uh, it looked really crippled. And, um, you know, I, I saw money go into his hand but I saw that hand almost automatically get healed and oh. that coin went, those coins went straight into his um, pocket, no problem. Miracles <laughs> only rivaled by the Gospels in the book of Acts. <laughs> yes. yes, so uh, that scripture actually meant a lot to me that yes, the poor, while compassion must have an expression towards them, there's still, there's still a judgment to be made, there's still discernment to be made in all of these things. Yeah, and as unpopular as it might to state, according to the scriptures, sometimes poverty can be the judgment of God. Yes. Um, but that doesn't mean that we um, we kind of 
should offer ourselves from the needs of the poor. Mm. But what we need to do is to go in with the arm of mercy, with the gospel in the other hand, mm. to bring about the redemption of those within those communities. Yes. Um, just as we seek to evangelize, as First Timothy 2 says, those are in high places. Yes. Kings and noblemen. Yes, because the gospel is the curse breaker, right. isn't it? Calvary is the curse breaker. So, so whether it's seen in the rich and famous yes. and the curses that come upon them or mm-hmm. whether it's seen in the very poor, yes. um, God is serving a people from every sphere of life, yes. every level of prosperity. Yeah. Um, but what we're saying here is we just don't simply use our compassion like a horse, you know, like a like a, a horse of uh, charity on, on tap that has no off switch. Yeah. And sometimes that has to be channeled and it has to be buttressed with wisdom mm-hmm. and, and care. Not that you become a detective and you're looking for, uh, you know, the genuineness of the case at every, at every detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a general governing apparatus, if you will, of wisdom yes. as you're seeking to extend God's kingdom through the act of mercy. Yes, and plus the Holy Spirit's leading. Uh, for example, just this last year, um, last September, October, uh, we were preparing to go to Guatemala. You know, mm-hmm. it was our desire to go. Uh, we'd been before. We wanted to do another medical mission there. And it just would not come together. The accommodations, no matter how hard I tried. And uh, when you're walking with the Lord, you know, you do have to press through. Uh, you can't take the first knocks and say, oh, well, that's it. But, you know... But after two and three knocks and nothing's really opening up, uh, you don't want to get into the flesh by doing gymnastics with it all. And so you've got to bring it back to God. And um, it was clearly, clearly uh, spoken to our hearts in the end that this wasn't his will, even though it was like like David, he desired to build the temple, <laughs> the house of God, but it wasn't God's will for him, you know. But he did well in that he desired it. And uh, I felt the same kind of benediction from God that it was well and good that it was in my heart to go again, but this particularly uh, was not his will this time. So um, it's, but it's nice to report that we're going uh, by God's grace in uh, June this year. Right. And this trip is coming together in a very sweet and wonderful way. And uh, it's it's a lovely lesson from the Lord to to say... You know, I'll tell you when it's when it's, when right. it's a go, when it's and, a green light, and when it's a green light, and uh, trust me, if I put the red light on it, it's just trust me. Yes, and uh, it's a certain dynamic that is often um, left out on, on the subject matter, and that is, in my experience, you see uh, the scriptures and you see the preacher uh, admonish and exert the the congregation to be involved in mercy ministry. Uh, but sometimes it lacks that extra helping hand of, of instruction and wisdom of how to interact with such situations, such yeah. people uh, in, in such a way, because there are vulnerabilities. Yes. I mean, you, you go out and you, you say, I'm Father Christmas, mm-hmm. or something to that effect. Um, the milky bars on me, that's an English quote. Most yes. people won't get that. But, you know, if you... If you do that and you you don't use any discrimination or you don't use any judgment, then uh, you could leave yourself in a very vulnerable spot, and not just yourself, but those who are assisting you. Yes, it takes it takes the leading of God at first to to let you know that it is His general will to go, 
but then it takes a daily walk with the Holy Spirit while you're doing it because there has been some scary situations and you've seen some of them. Uh, I've seen many scary situations in gypsy villages in Romania where um, we've had to really um, leave as one man. You know, no stragglers, no, don't take a long time clearing up. It's We've had to uh, be very careful and very quick, almost like a military operation towards the end to to make sure that uh, we got out of that village all safe. And uh, we've had some, yeah, we've had some moments. So yes, it requires um, good planning, good organization and uh, the grace of God upon you in the moment. Right, right. And that's why I think those verses in the New Testament, uh, I'm thinking of um, Ephesians 2.10, which says we are saved unto good works, which he has foreordained for us to walk in. There needs to be the wedding, if you will, the marriage of both the the compassion of the heart to show mercy and to help the poor. But at the same time, it needs to uh, be in tandem with those works that he has ordained for us to walk in. Yes, And that's why you need to trust God. And that's why I believe also uh, people are hesitant and reluctant to be involved in such a work because of, because of the many vulnerabilities that accompany it. Yes. Um, but if God has foreordained us to walk in these works then there should be a, a channel open for us to flow through yes. in order to, uh, to uh, fulfill that work. Yes. Um, and I think that's why a lot of people stop short of really walking the full orbit of the Christian life. They get their theology right. Mm-hmm. They get their worship right. They get um, even their evangelism right. But some of them stop short of you know, the, the full range, if you will, of the Christian heart in the act of mercy ministry yes. because of all the many, uh, many full problems yes. that are on that territory, on that turf. Yes. Uh, so that's why I felt led uh, to, bring this, the, to bring this discussion uh, to you because um, it's, it's something that's often neglected uh, because of those reasons as I perceive it. Uh, but going back to the scriptures, um, we see, for example, which I believe is like the chief cardinal verse, if you will, for mercy ministry in the uh, pastoral epistle of James. Yes. No, not the pastor, the general epistle of James. Yes. To uh, visit the widow and the orphan in their time of need. Yes. And that this is a sign of true religious piety. Yes. So do you want to unpack that a bit? Yes. Um, I, I know the, the Greek word... Um, is different to the Hebrew word, but I think it's safe to say that the root word coming through from the Hebrew is tzedakah, mm-hmm. which means righteousness. And um, I, th- I think from uh, looking at the scriptures again, that righteousness is, as we know, thank God, a wonderful gift, a position, a state that he's given us through through the Lord Jesus. Uh, but it's also something external as well. I think that's a, a given. It's safe to say that Righteousness is something outward, something towards humanity, towards your neighbour. Um, I, I know a man, uh, and you know him also, uh, he has a ministry to Honduras, and uh, for about 15 years now he has been sending um, uh, those containers, those sea containers, the 40-foot ones, to full of goods uh, to uh, poor people in Honduras. And the scripture that... God challenged him with was the scripture that the Lord said in 
I think it's Matthew 5, where it says, Accept your righteousness, exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees and scribes. You will know uh, in wise enter the, the kingdom. kingdom of heaven. Yes. So we know that, that righteousness is a gift. Justification is a gift through grace and through the blood. But there is an aspect also of... Um, Righteousness, as in the acts, right? As Romans uh, eight four says, so that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us, yes. who walk not according to the flesh, but according yes. to the spirit. Yes, yes, that is by no means grounds for inheritance into the eternal kingdom of heaven. It's by no means grounds for right standing with God. Justification by faith alone yeah. is the article of the standing or fallen church. Yes, but. Having been justified by faith yes. alone and having peace with God, he has foreordained for us to walk into certain works. Mm-hmm. And yes, that covers right worship, correct theology, evangelism, but it also very much includes yes. the act of mercy upon those less fortunate than ourselves. And in particular, as James won their highlights, uh, ministry to the widow and the orphan. Mm. And I believe the reason for that is they represent, in my mind, and I think in scriptural perspective here, the the most vulnerable of society. Yes. You know, the the most helpless within a community. Yes. Those who truly... Are widows give, indeed. As widows indeed, as Paul says in Timothy, mm-hmm. that truly, with every effort, cannot help themselves. Because there are some scriptures, like in Galatians 6, I believe it says, let each man carry his own Lord. Yes. Which is that general baggage in life where if a man should not work, he shall not eat. Mm-hmm. And there are many people on the streets today who are refusing to work. Yes. And as a consequence, consequence they're not eating. Yeah. But the widow and the orphan is more of a, a sure sign of events bigger than them, bringing yes. them to a point They've been overtaken in life. Yes, through no fault of their own. Yes. And as the body of Christ on the earth, the family of God on the earth, Yes, um, there's no doubt about it, the Holy Spirit will always point us towards them to do something for them. Yes, and uh, I think that will always be the case. That's why Jesus said, the poor you will have with you always. And he wasn't saying that in a defeatist way, like, well, you're always going to have them, so don't spend too much time with it because it's always going to be there. So no, the poor you will have with you always. This is something that should be part of the oxygen, if you will, the lifeblood of the church. Yes. And if it's neglected, uh, we're not just the poor for it spiritually, but arguably we could fail to be the the true church of Jesus Christ. I mean, that's truly what's at stake here. Mm. And I know some people take it too far, and we see in liberal Protestant theology and other strands and movements of church history where you just have the social gospel, that the gospel is is no longer the propositions of Christ's meritorious death upon the cross, mm. but now it's um, this act of social justice. Yeah. And that is not the true church either. So there's two ditches I see here yeah. on either side of the road. You can have those who saw major in mercy ministry as, um, I think, was it uh, one of the um, one of the uh, monks of the monastic order? His name escapes me right now. St. Francis of Assisi, yes. I think it was. Yes. And maybe someone can check me out there. Who said, if necessary, use words. Yes, it, was, yeah. it, it was almost in the flavor of, yes, show mercy, but 
refrain from words if 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 all possible uh, but that shows an imbalance yes it does and um the message the message must go with it is it's a handmaiden to the gospel to the gospel mm-hmm. so when we're doing mercy ministry as the church when we're seeking to fulfill that verse in James where we're doing it in the context of the mercy and love of Jesus Christ with the heralding and proclamation of the gospel and uh, when we do that we are fulfilling the church in its um in its uh, most fullest expression yes but if we just say well no we just want to show mercy we don't want to talk about Jesus we don't want to talk about uh, the the exclusive claims of Christ then yes god can be glorified if you do it in the kingdom of man and what i mean by that an individual christian could give $100 on yahoo.com to help those in Japan right now. Yeah. And you won't have to write on the check. Please make sure that this communicates the gospel as well before it's before it's banked or before it's cashed, you know. Yes. You wouldn't want to do that. You can still do a mercy act in the kingdom of man, but when it comes to the church in the kingdom of God shown mercy, it has to be with the expression of the gospel yes. in clear 2020 vision. Yes. 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 I think uh, as a matter of policy really whenever we go into a country uh, to seek to do this type of ministry we always seek out a church to run it through. Uh we seek out pastors to uh, give the fruit to after we've left so that the evangelistic part of that time um they get the fruit of it. And in some senses I think it's true apostolic work because uh when you go to a different country you're not building your church at home you are involved in the work at large and you are ready to give all the fruit all the fruit of what has happened there to that local church and so that the community understands that it's Christ his message and his love that has brought this medical team to them yes they're not left with ambiguity there No they know exactly. Yeah. Because behind the medicines, behind the clothing is the person and work of Jesus Christ. Yes. And that's what truly brings hope. Mm-hmm. And truly brings um salvation and redemption. So actually as you were mentioning there about uh, supporting the indigenous church, the church on the foreign field. Yeah. It did bring me back once again to the passage in James. And for those who want the exact scripture, it's James chapter 1 verse 27. But again it struck me. And when we read it once more it says religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father is this, to visit the orphan and the widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. The widow and the orphan can't pay you back. Mm. And when you mentioned there about the local indigenous church being the focal point of your attention, and um the focal point of your ministry to see that local congregation edified and built up to help those within their own community it goes to reflect the heart of Christ who gave himself up yes for the well-being of others there was no immediate payoff for him in the suffering of the cross yes he did it because of the joy set before him yeah but he was uh preoccupied with doing the father's will and secondly seeing the redemption of his people through that work. So likewise when we read the scripture here and when you mentioned the that about 
uh, pouring into the local church there on the foreign field. It's for the furthering of the kingdom. Yes. And not for the accumulation of your own personal <laughs> well-being. Yes, neither is it to build up your ministry links. Yes. It is truly uh, for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's true, Jonathan, that uh, you know they can't pay you back. But I've discovered something about the poor. Um, they can't pay you back directly, but God pays you back indirectly. They bless you. Um, one of the scriptures that uh, I, I've always kind of held dear is again in Job's life when he said, uh, the blessing of the perishing man came upon me. Mm-hmm. Now, the man who was just about had it. Mm-hmm. Because I helped him, Job is saying, because I intervened. He blessed God f- yes. because of me. Mm-hmm. And what Job is saying is that because I did that, and I did it regularly, <laughs> Um, the blessing of the perishing man came upon me. And uh, I just want to testify to that. Um, um, one day we just completed um, another clinic in a Romanian gypsy village. And uh, again, it was quite a f- frantic day. They nearly always were in those settings. And uh, as we were coming down the muddy lane, um, a lot of the people were coming out into that lane just to kind of wave us off. And uh, as I'm going down in this coach, um, which was probably built in 1935, I heard this voice out of the crowd. And uh, the voice said, Ruth 2.12, Ruth 2.12. And I said to the interpreter, did he say Ruth 2.12? He said, yeah. When I got Back to the hotel, I looked up Ruth 2.12. Yeah, we've been very curious myself. <laughs> it says, the Lord repay you. The Lord repay your work and a full reward be given to you by the Lord God of Israel under whose wings you have come for refuge. Obviously, this is a word to Ruth. Mm-hmm. But that day, it was a word to us. It was a word to me. And um, something... Unusual happened that day or the next day. It was in 24 hours. The hosts that were kind of looking after us in Romania, whom I'd given all the team money to for the accommodations and everything, they came up to me and they gave me a check. It's quite a large check. And I said, um, what is this? He said, well, it's no good to us. I said, what do you mean it's no good to you? He said, well, it's in Canadian dollars. I said, we either need Deutschmarks or Deutschmarks then. Um, dollars or, or pounds. Um, <laughs> good old English style. He said, so you might as well have it. I said, we want you to have it. We want you to have it. And um, that was a huge blessing to me at the time. But it wasn't so much in the numerical value of the cheque, even though that was substantial. It was the fact that in my heart it correlated to what that man had shouted in the crowd, that the blessing of the poor man the perishing man had come upon me. So they couldn't do it directly, but God... But, but God does, and I think that's a... God did it. I think that's an excellent um, uh, truth to highlight because it is a truth, and I think the scriptures are full of uh, of such such mm. um, uh, promise of, of God seeing the, um, the work of the saint in blessing the poor, yeah. and they in turn will be blessed. It may not come through the channel they're expecting, yeah. 
And it's not guaranteed in the sense of promise like the promise of salvation, but in God's general providence, yes. in a proverbial way, the Proverbs are full of this, that uh, you reap what you sow, that yeah. principle. I think it's a reaping and sowing. It's a reaping and sowing principle, uh, I believe, that um, we don't give to get type of methodology, but we do um, release ourselves uh, to to the needs of the poor. And then God, as a byproduct, will bless our heads yeah. and bless our hearts for doing so. And that will come in, uh, I think, in many different expressions. Yes, it's like casting your bread upon the waters. Water. And yeah. then after, after many days... It does come back. It does come back. When you need it as well. Yes, when you need it as well. <laughs> yes, because who knows? We might be poor one day. Yeah, We're, we're talking here like, well, we, we go out and we bless the poor. And, yes. But we don't know where we're going to be. No. 10 years from now, yeah. 15 years from now. We don't know the state of the economy in this country, yeah. what, what's going to shape out to be. Yeah. And uh, it's not on the cards that it's absolutely hunky-dory. You know, I have no reason to have that level of confidence mm. about my own financial future. And I'm not just uh, limiting uh, poverty to the financial. Yeah. What about your health? Yes. Say the economy stabilises, but then you lose your health. Yes. And then... You're no longer able to work. Well, here's another thing that's just come to my mind. You remember this quite well. In 2004, uh, I had my own health issue. All of a sudden, my heart had some complications. Which was a big shock to me, especially when I came into the hospital and I saw a tube in your nose. <laughs> yeah, it's like, can we can rebuild him. <laughs> yeah, I was I was really, yeah. Why is coming out of me? And I was everything. really bothered. <laughs> uh, but that was, that was an, a very unusual event in my life. Um, and to be in a hospital here in America without health insurance, uh, and a one, I mean, it's a marvellous hospital, but it is Boca Raton. It is one of the most wealthiest, most expensive parts of the of the state of Florida and of the country. Um, it's a scary place to be financially. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I walked out well, praise God, after four days, but there was a bill as well with mm-hmm. that, but... It all got taken care of, mm-hmm. and it got taken care of in a very unique way. Mm. As a Christian family, they were ready to start a new business, and they wanted to honor the Lord with the first fruits and and tithe into the work. And mm. when they found out that I was, I'd been in hospital. I remember that it was. They sent me that check. Yes. So God was remembering you. Yes. Because you had remembered them. Yeah. You remembered, remembered the poor, poor on the field. Yes. And when I needed yes. help. Yes. God came through God for you. God came through, yeah. Um, so we mustn't have this kind of concrete presupposition that we're always the rich helping the poor. We don't know when we're going to be impoverished. So we have to live in such a way that relies on God at all times. Yes. And um, I think giving of yourself financially and with your time, if it's not financially but with, with your own life, by doing short-term missions, by being involved in the needs of the poor and those who can't help themselves, you are given of yourself. Yes. Where you could be accumulating to self, you are actually releasing, uh, whether it's finances or anything of that nature, uh, for the furthering of the kingdom. Yes. And God will remember that. So I think that's where we can uh, conclude it. Um Thank you, Dad, again for coming You're on welcome. the show. Yeah, especially a topic like this. Especially a topic like this. Yes. And I think my concluding thoughts 
on it uh, were if we individually or as a local church or as a Christian community uh, fail in this area, what I'm doing right now, like with the podcast and all the other topics that I get to cover in this in this uh, broadcast, um, almost count for naught Indi- on an individual level. Yeah. God can still use it because Christ is still preached. Yes. But for me, on the last day of judgment, I don't reckon much to it. Yeah. I would say, let these other ministries fall by the wayside if it means, you know, focusing on what really matters. And that's reaching out to those who are in dire straits, yeah. who have um, are already through through their circumstances and understanding experientially of the bad news. Yes. So the good news can be so much more sweeter yes. to the hearer. So I think that's where we leave it. Um, but uh, thank you for listening. And uh, I pray that you too also will be motivated in this area. That uh, each church, uh, whether locally or on the farm field, uh, should be busy with mercy ministry. Yes. And I'm sure there's a, there's a church nearby that you could be involved in or your own church that you could assist in in order to further this work of mercy. So hope you enjoyed the show and I look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you all.